You know, if I were to say what I learned, you know, it's about your well-being, right? You know, it's about, you know, getting up early in the morning. Like every day I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. Like I was three hours ahead of everybody every day, you know, but during those times, I thought quietly with myself, like in deep thought, like not internet shit, excuse my French. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Ken Van Lu, and we're talking about a few different topics with Ken today. First, to give you a quick introduction, Ken built over $1.3 billion, with a B, dollars in skyscrapers in New York City. He's a very successful real estate developer, and he wrote the book, The Modern Wealth Building Formula lessons in real estate investing and so much more we're covering today, guys. So first off, we talk about some of the lessons he learned in writing that book and teaching others how to invest in real estate. And we dive into his experience around the Great Recession. He lost over $300 million in that crash, but he came back from it, you guys, and thrived and is still successful today. And we dig into his lessons from that as well. So much great information today. I had a great conversation with Ken, and I think you're going to learn so much from this conversation. I know I did, and I certainly hope you will as well. I'm your host, Taylor Loach. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing in a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, and take the next steps. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please do take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much, you guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives and they want to escape the Wall Street casino, please do share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, if you haven't subscribed, do look us up, hit the subscribe button, and that way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We're here to help you grow and build your passive wealth with real estate, and we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Once again, our guest is Ken Van Lu. There are so many great lessons in this interview, you guys. Ken has so much knowledge and experience in real estate investing and developing that you know I feel like we just scratched the surface and yet we got so much awesome information. So without any further ado, here we go with Ken. Ken, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Taylor. I really appreciate the opportunity. Hey, it's been a great conversation so far. We've already been online for like a half an hour and uh, we had to get going here on the recording. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you give us a quick background information as to you know what you do and uh, where you're coming from? Sure, sure. Ken Van Lu from New Jersey. Uh, grew up you know, pretty much driving in New York City every day and uh, building skyscrapers. And you know, I was very fortunate, but I started, you know, uh, with nothing, you know, my, my dad climbed telephone poles. My mom was a, was a teller at the bank and they said, Ken, you know, you got to go off to college, Kenneth, you need to go off to college and get a degree, you know? So, you know, I, I went off and fortunately, um, I, you know, I created the six year plan. So I got my money's worth in college and I met my wife in calculus two that I was taking for the third time. So she taught me how to study. I give a lot of credit to her kind of getting me aligned. I was an all-state football player that led into some college football 
And, uh, you know, it took me about six years, but I graduated as a civil engineer. And during that time, I created a liking for construction. So I was really good at building. And when I graduated, I had won the Civil Engineering Design Award. It was a 13-acre site that we had to subdivide. And I was really interested in, in site design. I just wasn't crazy about sitting at a desk. You know, I like talking to people. So between the construction experience in the field and this design experience, I was like, wow, one day, you know, if I, I know how to design the site, I know how to build the site. If I can learn how to finance it, you know, maybe I can go into real estate one day. But that was just kind of down the road. And anyway, make a long story short, I'm still with the same woman. We had three beautiful kids. So first and foremost, you know, I, I chalk up being a, a decent dad. You know, my kids are extremely successful. And uh, in 1997, you know, I was I was an egomaniac. So I started a company called KJV Development. And was very fortunate because by 2000, I developed my first project, which was a $17 million project out of the box with no money, no experience. So that's where the whole modern wealth millionaire formula, building formula came from, you know, how to, you know, buy real estate, eight figure deals with no money down. And after that, we kind of never looked back. You know, we we made over a million dollars on that first deal. It was a development and just rinsed and repeat. And, you know, that's a little bit about myself. So by, you know, by profession, you could say I'm a civil engineer by career experience. I'm more of a real estate developer and have a passion for life. You know, I'm a, one of my hobbies we talked about is magic. You know, I've been a magician since I was a kid. So it's always been fun. Well, and you've had that entrepreneurial streak uh, all the way through. You were telling me, speaking of, of magic, you had your first business at 12 years old. And do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that's, you know, just kind of shows, yeah. uh, you know, the, who we're dealing with here. Every year at Christmas, I used to, ha I had this magic catalog. So I used to ask my mom to buy me all these magic tricks. And next thing you know, I'm 12 years old and I entered a magic contest and I didn't win, but the guy that beat me is actually still one of my best friends today. But I took on this passion for the, the art of magic. And I didn't realize that you know, magic something, it's like painting, you know, you practice it, you study it, you get books on it. So 300 books later, hundreds of videos and $20,000 in magic, <laughs> you know, it's turned into a hobby for literally 30, you know, 48 years, you know? So, you know, at 12 years old, I entered this contest and sure enough, I'm doing a, a choreographed act, you know, to music that has live doves and fire canes and silks, multiplying balls. And then, I had an assistant that she'd start out and I would do, you know, milk into the paper. But by the end, I was floating her on a flying carpet and sticking daggers in her head. So, <laughs> you know, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, what magic did for me is it created magic in my life. You know, so, you know, I love always, you know, sharing magic when I'm with people, creating magic in my life, because if you have magic in your life, you're going to have more time to do what you want and more money to do what you want. You know, nice. that's what it comes down to, you know. Nice. And if you can, uh, over the years, I learned a couple of little card tricks that are not impressive at all, but when you can demonstrate those for people and, and it's just kind of fun, it's just, it's yeah. just, uh, fun to do. Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're, you're a chemical engineer, right? I don't. So what I found out, you know, on the periodic table, there's an element called silver, right? And, you know, silver is actually particles that float in the air, like with dust. So you could actually just kind of reach into the air and you could, you could actually just kind of take dust and kind of sprinkle it in your hand and actually <laughs> turn it into silver. It's pretty cool. 
but you know, and, and the best part is you can, you can hear, hear, actually hear it disappear, but you don't see it. So it's, it's pretty cool. But, uh, well, for the folks listening, not watching the video, you just produced a coin and then made it, made it disappear again, which is, uh, which is fun. I want to make sure we, uh, give everybody the, the full picture of, uh, what yeah. was going on. So, the modern wealth building formula. I want to make sure, you know, you mentioned that I, I, I don't want to get away from that. Right. And we want to learn about what that is, what that means for you. And, and especially with, in light of, you know, your accomplishments in real estate, I think that really, yeah. you know, informs um, what we're talking about here. So tell us about it. Yeah. You know, the first thing is I should have named it the modern wealth millionaire formula, mm. just being in the building background for so many years, that building, building, building keeps resonating in my head. But, you know, it was it was how I, I learned, you know, I, how I earned my first million dollars on a 17 million dollar assisted living facility that I developed, because, as I mentioned before, that was the only thing I knew. I, I kind of stumbled into a 17 million dollar development that, you know, I decided I'm going to try this real estate thing. And three months out of the box after I started my company, you know, I didn't really know how to get leads. So here I'm calling architects and engineers and an architect said, hey, I know this dentist. He has a certificate of need. And next thing you know, I'm, you know, signing an LOI, getting into real estate, you know, and, you know, I never looked back. But, you know, the beauty of it was, is, um, you know, it gave me an opportunity to create, you know, an extraordinary company, um, learned how to, you know, earn fees nine different ways. And after I did this a couple of times, you know, I, I believed it was a formula because the system was how to find fund to facilitate. And, you know, I kind of converted it into a formula because I put a little bit of the personal development. One of, you know, one of the things that changed my life was in 2001, when the towers collapsed, I was fortunate to be with Tony Robbins um, in Hawaii. Wow. And you know, I lost my best friend that day. He worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. And, you know, I was with Tony. I was, I was a big guy. I was a football player. I was 246 pounds. Now I weigh 172. And that day um, when the towers collapsed, you know, I, I planted a stake in the ground. I said, number one, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. Um, number two, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a difference because, you know, my, my friend died and left two kids and New York's, you know, a mess. My projects all stopped. And, you know, it just transformed my whole life. And that was the really the beginning in a modern wealth building formula, because, you know, in order to create an extraordinary life, you know, you really have to, I guess, experience getting knocked down and then getting back up, you know, to, to have the strength to take it forward. But that's really when it started, because, you know, you have to get your your, your personal well-being, you know, you got to you have to have unlimited energy, you know, in order to, you know, start developing skyscrapers. And that's when I really said, you know, I'm going to make this happen and, and you know, live my passion and, and create, you know, an extraordinary future for my children. And that's when it, it all started, you know, and then, uh, and then the book came out and we realized that we have to support it with some residential ideas, some commercial ideas, and it's just been growing ever since. And now we have the global real estate investment enterprise, which is everybody executing the formula. So it's getting exciting. That's awesome. And you, you wow, there's, there's so much in there. I'm certainly sorry for the loss of your friend. And I think that that demonstrates, you know, you had a very powerful why that was that was driving you to you know succeed in this space and and I wanted to ask so many questions but you know you spend enough time in the real estate space you see people who are successful and then you see a lot more people who want to be successful in real estate but 
either kind of never get off the ground or don't achieve what they want to achieve. Do you have any thoughts about what sets those people apart from, you know, those like yourself who have had all these achievements from people who wanted to, but kind of didn't, didn't make it happen? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I think, I think the toughest thing that I find with those people is that they, they were afraid to ask for help, Mm. you know, and, you know, I learned, you know, at a young age because, you know, mom and dad, you know, did the best they could, but they had certain skill sets. You know, my uncle worked on wall street, you know, so I would ask a lot of questions. You know, I always really looked at mentorship, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, just don't take advantage of what's available. You know, back when I started, you know, you know, we didn't have the internet, you know, it was hard to connect with people, you know, and as you always hear, like public speaking is, you know, one of the toughest thing for people, you know, and I think, you know, with the generation, with the internet, people hide behind the text messaging and, you know, the, the, the text messaging and the words technically are only 7% communication. So, you know, if you don't have tonality in the communication to bring it to, I believe it's, uh, you know, there's another 35% or 37% in, in tonality, right? So then you're up to 45%, right? 38, seven. And, and, and it's the body language, the 55%. But I think the biggest thing is people, you know, don't understand communication, right? Because, you know, communication delivering is, you know, is important that you have the body language, you know, if you're not doing that, you're only getting half of it, you know, you know, but I mean, that's one thing. And I think people are just afraid to ask for the mentorship. You know, I mean, every time someone finds me, like I edify their courage off, off the chart, right? Because those are the people that are going to make it, but people are afraid to pick up the phone. I'm not that hard to get in touch with, you know, when someone gets in touch with me, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you a few things today because you did a great job. So it's really about, you know, life begins um, outside your comfort zone, you know, and people are afraid to get out and live outside their comfort zone. That resonates to me because all the progress that I've made has only come after I was able to step out of the comfort zone and definitely be uncomfortable for quite a while until progress happened. And then that next step comes in, you know, your your zone of discomfort just moves, right? But you get more yeah. used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I mean, for example, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable in North Carolina. I've never done a project there. I just started conversations with like, a monster at Duke University, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm adjusting the plan to make sure the thing pencils out. I got to get my underwriter going. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm outside of my comfort zone trying to actually create a market just outside the triangle, which is going to happen. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, once I, I get that fear and I go, okay, don't go there. Just keep going. <laughs> I'm normal, you know? So they say one of the best ways to learn something is to teach others. And, you know, through this process of discovering or coming up with and, and writing the modern wealth building formula and, and teaching that to others uh, through writing and then through doing podcasts like this, I bet you've probably learned a few things. Is there anything that comes to mind that you didn't, that you learned for yourself by teaching others? you know, how, how to build wealth with real yeah. estate. Yeah. Yes. You know, I have, and it's funny you ask that. And it comes down to like what I find like micro distinctions. Right. So when I finished the book, you know, it was all about how do you get people to execute the formula? And I, and I took this whole approach where, and it took a long time, 
because I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I figured, let me let me teach some one-on-one students in order to get people from all walks of life to see if there's a common runway to the takeoff. And after working with about 20 people, you know, I, I noticed a commonality, you know, which kind of came down to, you know, presentation, 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 you know, feeling really good about yourself, presenting yourself, living outside your comfort zone. And just getting on the edge, you know, and creating, you know, a money hook pitch and all of these kind of things. But, you know, you know, what I find is, um, you know, with people that, you know, put the accountability in place and really, you know, look at the mentorship. And I, I may be going off on a slight tangent here are, are the ones that, you know, are, are most successful. And I may have answered the wrong question. <laughs> I got a lot going on. Well, it comes, I think it, it uh, to, to kind of rephrase that you might not realize, or, or we in general might not realize skills that, that we have in a particular area until it comes to us to teach those skills to someone else. And we might take something that we do for granted. Oh, maybe this, this particular part is, is obvious that might not occur to, to somebody else, no matter what skill you're teaching. I don't care what it is. And um, is I, I suppose that the question is, is there anything that comes to mind for you that came maybe naturally to you that doesn't come naturally to others? And you didn't realize that until you were you know, helping others in real yeah, estate. Yeah, wealth I building. guess I guess what I found is that there, there is a common runway. And, you know, if it comes down to if you can if you can teach them you know, through some type of video training and then have an accountability where you can help them just execute the training. You know, I found it to be very successful and I learned, like, I guess, a new type of teaching in order to get the outcome. And it wasn't really about teaching, right? Because if I'm trying to teach someone live, it, it doesn't have the impact of them studying like a training video and then, you know, coming to the call and executing the training. And I really, I, that's what I really learned that it's all about the execution and, and not necessarily, you know, you gotta, you gotta get off the couch and, and do a little training yourself, you know, but th- that's the, that's the commonality, you know? Well, so, I think wow. that's, that, that's a very good point because whether it's real estate or something else, if we go to like a live training, like a conference like that, you'll see people who get all gung ho, they get very excited about what's being taught, but the percentage of people that go home and then apply those lessons is very low. I don't care if it's, you know, you mentioned Tony Robbins, who, who you know, I think helps people a lot or, or anybody that does these live training seminars. Reality is, reality is a lot of that doesn't stick. But if you give accountability and make sure people execute on the back end, then a lot more of those lessons are going to be applied. That's my reaction to what you had to say there. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. No question about it. So before we uh, hit record, I, I think we'll see if you're, you're how much you really want to talk about this on air, but I, I think you probably will. You're pretty open. Sure, sure, sure. You mentioned uh, your experience losing $300 million in one day. Yes. And uh, I wanted to dig into that a little bit more because I think that that helps people, you know, see that, you know, it's not all we, we can have stumbling blocks and then come back from those. Oh, right. Absolutely. And so really interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, so New York city, you know, I was, you know, up and down over the years, but in 2007, we were, we were at the top of the world. We had just finished uh, 240 park Avenue South. It was a 52 unit luxury condominium. Tom Brady came with Giselle to look at the penthouse and wow. you know, we made a boatload of money. We, 
bought the toy building, which is the triangular building on Broadway. We bought um, the old St. Vincent's Hospital that we were going to convert into like dormitories. And we had bought a city block on 6th Avenue between 33rd and 32nd. And we were getting ready to do a billion dollars worth of development. And we were partners with Lehman Brothers. And you know what happened with Lehman Brothers. So mm-hmm. it went from being at the top of the world to basically not being able to get anybody on the phone and not knowing what to do. And, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, this is, you know, I, I don't know that I want to be in real estate anymore because that led to 500 projects. I think it was 505 projects in New York City that kind of just paused. There were cranes all over the place. Everything went upside down. And, uh, you know, I think I mentioned to you, you know, I literally started doing magic. I, I went and studied under Joel Bauer and I started doing trade show magic. I came back, I hit the Jacob Javits Center. There's pictures of me out there. I was in like real estate weekly, you know, doing <laughs> mag- magic. And, um, you know, I had to, I had to get my head straight. You know, I didn't know what just happened. Everything I had studied for 20 years at that point didn't work anymore. Um, you know, the largest financial institution was gone. Um, I had actually built the Bear Stearns headquarters in Brooklyn Union Gas. They were history. I I was just, I didn't know what was going on. I had just finished a stint doing like all these data centers that I built. And, um, you know, I just was like, wow, I did. The world was crazy at that point. I thought it was like the Orson Welles um, you know, audio that went, you know, years ago in the the thirties or forties when, you know, that, that they played that joke and people thought the world was coming to an end, you know, but uh, I literally thought the news was a joke. You know, I'm like, how, how could Lehman brothers go bankrupt? But yeah, you know, I, um, I took a hiatus, let's just say for probably four years, I was in contract to buy Stuart's root beer. I was doing some car simonizing. I didn't want, I was doing magic. And I was I, I was a little stressed out, but yeah, I came back and by 2012, I started with a brownstone again um, in Brooklyn. And by 14, I, I took actually a position with a guy who um, told me to take over his construction operation. I, I did probably $300 million worth of residential development while we started a concrete company. And then, you know, I was telling you some stories about, uh, you know, Sammy the Bull and all those guys that I used to work <laughs> with. But um yeah, the concrete industry was fun. And, uh, you know, we learned some stuff from that, you know, how to keep your nose clean and what not to say. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I mean, that's awesome. I'm sure there's there's so much in there, but there, I think probably the biggest question I have about all of that is, so, you know, you were, you had that experience, took a hiatus from real estate. Now you're back. Yeah. Before we go to, you know, the three questions I ask every guest at the end of the show, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've taken away from that experience with Lehman Brothers and applied to your current real estate business? Did anything come to mind? Yeah, it wasn't my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I'll be honest with you, because, you know, my investors lost some money at that time. Mm hmm. And, you know, I blamed it on myself and I, I went into a little rabbit hole. You know, I mean, it, it, it sucks losing $300 million in one day, <laughs> you know, when you when your whole career just disappears in one day, you know, and you're like, OK, shit, all my developments just vanished. What am I doing tomorrow? <laughs> Guess I'm going to go crawl in a ball and talk to my mom, play some golf in Florida, <laughs> which is what I, what I did, you know, because I, I just didn't know what to do. And um, 
you know, the good news is, you know, I, you know, you, you, you have to really look at things that are bigger than yourself. Right. So at that point, you know, it took me a long time to get out of it. Fortunately, you know, magic was there. You know, I, I learned from magic and I learned how to be a platform closer, which led me into developing my, my first course. Cause when I saw Joel Bauer, who taught me magic, he said, come and see me what I really do. I watched him speak to mortgage originators and make 40 people stand up at once and stroke a credit card for 12 grand. And I was like, can you show me how to do 500,000 in one day? He's like, sure. He goes, have you ever done anything? I'm like, well, I built an eight figure deal with no money down. He's like, there you go. Create a course. So that was my first course that I recorded in New York city. I went to a cash flow quadrant nice. um, club in New York city. It was a hundred people playing a board game. I said to the guy, like, could you put all these people in a room? Sure enough, I, I, I'm showing myself standing on top of the telephone pole, walking on fire, um, buildings spinning in. And next thing you know, I had 40 people sitting in a room. And that's what got me out of the funk after the $330 million loss, um, because I was like, OK, well, maybe I can do this. But then I realized that informational marketing was a whole new business. And after I created that program, I recorded it. The guy's telling me, oh, God, you you can't give all that out. That's 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 like that. That knowledge is in the stratosphere. It's too complicated. You got to make like four courses out of it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so anyway, I sold another 40 seats. And then, and then you know, I met, I learned about DC Fawcett. He was doing foreclosures. It was all about what was the hottest thing at that time? Foreclosure, short sales. Nobody wanted to know about development anymore. The development project stopped. But what I learned from it is that, hey, you know, I, I had something. I had, you know, experience that nobody else had. No, none of these gurus built skyscrapers, mm -mm. right? You know, and most of them did it once or twice. And then we're just selling what they did once or twice. I was actually doing it. I was actually drawing it. I was actually building it, you know, and there's a difference. And, um, you know, that's just been my, my fun about it, you know? So, you know, I, I turned an extreme negative into a positive and, you know, it, and it all came down to, you know, it, you know, if I were to say what I learned, you know, it's about your well-being, right? You know, it's about, you know, getting up early in the morning. Like every day I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. Like I was three hours ahead of everybody every day, you know, but during those times, I thought quietly with myself, like in deep thought, like not internet shit, excuse my French, <laughs> like, you know, like surface, you know, social media distractions, you know, shallow, shallow junk is what I'm realizing. That's something I just realized. I just read a, a book called Deep Work. And I realized I got to where I am because of deep work. The last two, three years with all of this cupola, you know, this is where I can give value. You know, social media is an addiction like everything else, you know, like you're, you can do, you can do viral videos all day long. It doesn't necessarily, you know, increase your bank account, you know, you know, it doesn't, you know, so I, that's why I always, you know, I, I got a taste of it. I'm like, you know, I should focus on what I do really good, which is real estate. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know everything, you know, I'm, I'm a developer, you know, if I bought, you know, some, some residential units. So I have a little portfolio. Yes. Would I like to have bought more multifamily? Am I moving in? Yeah, I mentioned to you earlier about, you know, we're finally going to go down the path of a fund, you know, because there are some multifamily deals coming on my plate. I had to pass on one. I said, I don't want to pass on deals anymore. You know, I've always kind of utilized my own money or done private placements and a lot of money in New York city that you can, you know, you can attract but, you know, I can't spend time raising money anymore. You know, it's like we got to move on to bigger and better things. You know, I used to 
I mean, I had teams and, but, you know, once you learn how to build skyscrapers and, and data centers that run like every New York and American stock exchange transaction, <laughs> everything yeah. else after that is stupid. It's like, I call it, like, I'm building some dumb buildings now. You want to come check them out? <laughs> you know, my first, when I built the security industry corporation, it had 1500 building management points, building management points. That's where you can look on a screen, all these, mo- uh, you know, monitors and, and, and literally operate every piece of equipment in the entire building on the computer. And it was amazing. Like I learned about control systems, baby, like, like Johnson controls was living in my building for like six months. Wow. And it was an amazing experience. Man, well, I feel like, you know, there are so many stories we could dig in. I really wish we had more time. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called Ground Floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Ken, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Yes. I would have to say my first deal, which was no money down. It was eight figures. It was a $17 million, 113 bed assisted living facility that I figured if I could just get a $10 million project in the pipeline, I could pay myself a 5% development fee, a 3% CM fee and 8% general conditions. And that'll work for me. So my first deal, you know, that's what I created. Um, I didn't have any equity, so I had a very small percentage, only 10%, but I paid myself 1.6 million in fees. And I would say that was probably my best project, you know. Nice, nice. And that was back in the day before, at least, you know, lately, assisted living, residential assisted living is like one of the the, the sexy asset classes out there. And that was probably before everybody kind of knew about residential assisted living. Yes, it was. I was, uh, I was definitely ahead of the curve and, you know, they were telling me, you know, people were going to die around or, you know, or, or start coming in, not die, start coming in around 76, but people were living healthier. The demographics was actually 83. You know, now the boomers are, are going crazy and assisted living is, is hot and exciting and sexy, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. 
What is the worst investment you ever made? Yeah, the worst investment, believe it or not, was I had a photographer um, sell me a bill of goods in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Oh. And I went down there and CRX was supposed to come in. You know, I bought some property. It was a great deal. Um, and then, you know, it came down to people not honoring their word. And then, you know, he wasn't managing it correctly. So, I mean, I still own it, but it's probably been the biggest thorn in my side because it doesn't pay me any money. Ooh. And I actually just recently had to sue him. So that's, that's turned out to, you know, cause I don't sue people, but you know, if someone's like taking the money, they closed my bank account and, and uh, opened up a new one, that's like illegal to me. So we're going to have to address that, but yeah, hey. that turned into yeah anything legality. Cause you know, the one thing you asked before, you know, what did I take away, you know, and, and, you know, being in New York city, you had to be a tough guy. You know, we dealt with the Sammy, the bull Gravanos of the world. And, you know, I learned from all of this that, you know, I've changed my approach <laughs> and it's all about being kind to people. You know, um, you got to try to listen. You got to try to understand their point of view. People are very challenged in life. You know, they don't listen well. Um, they're distracted and they don't know what they want until you tell them. <laughs> so that's another thing I've learned. Wow. Well, I, I know Rocky Mount a little bit and uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty small town down there. Yeah. Not big. Interesting. Well, my favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Yeah. You know, well, that one about being kind is important. You know, I really, in the last couple of years, my listening has gone to another whole level, you know, I believe, because I listen and hear now for, for transformation, you know, and I think, you know, it's all about, you know, we mentioned before about communication, you know, when you're delivering, you know, you want to make sure, you know, you, you're, you, you know, they're getting you. But also the listening of the communication is, is so, so important. And I, and I learned over the last year that, you know, there's almost five levels of listening, you know, and, and my friend, Sean Callagy, you know, he calls it level five listening, where you listen for transformation. And when you start to look at how people listen and today, when you go, you know, listen to people, you can ask someone a question. Sometimes they just answer a different question, you know, like <laughs> me, you know, so that's like <laughs> m minus one listening, you know, but you know, I think today, you know, I've been, you know, or, you know, most days I listen on how I can transform people. And, and I think the most important thing that I found over the last year, even in, in what I'm doing as we speak today in a new territory in North Carolina, and I realized that, you know, nobody knows me. The only thing I could do is listen and give value, right? And, and people get value by listening to them and acknowledging and edifying their success. And, you know, like I met with a guy in North Carolina, it was his, his name was Johnny King, Johnny King Grady. Right. And he owns the restaurant in town and his wife, you know, you know, has a cleaners and, you know, he has a bunch of artillery and he says, hey, Ken, I can clear your site. He goes, and since I'm a fireman, you know, I'll start in the middle and I'll start burning this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know what? It's a little different down here. I got to listen. And I listened. And I was like, John. And what other approach would you take? He's like, well, you know, I do this. You got to get the culverts in first. And some of those temporary culverts can turn into the permanent culverts. And, and what I'm really learning in life is that, you know, listening is, is, is probably the number one key to success. Because if you can listen for and reliably deliver 
what's important to other people and what they really care about, that's where you're going to get your success. And one of the things that I created, just my mantra is, is exactly that, you know, like I am integrity, an honest and loving leader with magical empowering skills to create endless opportunities for all mankind and to bring everybody that I meet to their greatness and leave them with power, freedom, self-expression and peace of mind. And that's what it's all about, right? Because if I can, if I could do that, then I'll have fulfillment in my life like no other person. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Well, Ken, thank you for joining us today. Bring us all these awesome lessons. It's been a great conversation. We've been on the line for an hour and five minutes here so far, I see. And uh, it's been a great conversation. If folks want to reach out, if they want to learn more about you, find your book or anything like that, where can they track you down? Yeah, the best is... Um, In about another week, we're going to have the 11millionairesecrets.com website live just so I can really give you some some nuggets. But the best thing, just go to my website, kenvanloo.com. There's the 11 secrets. There's the golden nuggets. You can get my book for free. You just got to pay for shipping. Um, I really like giving value. Um, And if you're interested in talking to me, I'm not impossible to get in touch with. You could schedule a planning session. And all that stuff's right on the website. You guys click around and find it. But we have programs. We have strategy sessions and and we're doing real estate development so you know our next conversation is going to be about you raising money because you know <laughs> i want to congratulate you with your new license and all that kind of good stuff that you're getting started with next year and uh, i'm excited awesome well ken it's been a great conversation with you really great to connect and learn more uh, about what you're up to and and so much else and i, I want to thank you for joining us today to everybody out there thank you for tuning in If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much, you guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every time I say this. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Don't forget to don't forget to subscribe. Catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I hope you have a great one. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.